0: Welcome to Fintech Uncut,
1: the quiz show with candid commentary on the biggest fintech and financial services
0: news of the week that was. Disclaimer, this show is created purely for entertainment purposes and contains segments of sarcasm, satire, parody, and humor. Even if you
1: don't think any of it is funny,
0: the creators do not accept any responsibility or liability for the accuracy of any content shared and reminded you to always fact check everything yourself. And now, it's over to your quiz master. Hello, everyone.
2: Welcome to Fintech Uncut, the quiz show with candid commentary on the week's biggest fintech and financial service stories with the wise guy, the other guy and Judge Mary. And what a week has been. I'm Rick Kugelbergs, the host of the day, eager to know who will win this week's quiz. Chris, the wise guy, Skinner, or Andrew, the other guy, Vorster. I'm not the one to decide. That's Judge Mary. So let's start with the very first question here. I guess it is no debate who was the loser of the week, but who was the big winner
0: this week? That is my buzzer or that is an alarm? But you know, being clear, the loser this week was obviously Silicon Valley Bank. So I'm thinking the winner might be silicon breast implants because they're kind of missing an opportunity. I mean, we talk about augmented reality. And we could talk about augmented breasts and men.
3: Negative five, negative five, <laughs> going down the tubes quickly. Men, <laughs> men the, the,
0: the bigger man boobs. I mean, according to Fortune Business Insights, the global market for breast implants is going to rise from two point seven billion pounds dollars rather in twenty nineteen to over three billion dollars by two thousand twenty seven. With a compound um, annual gross in, uh, rate of 7.2 percent, so I'm there, man. I, I mean, I I want to have an augmented boob. Do you have any addition to this news, Andrew? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know how I can top that one. You know, uh, Chris Chris's right to want boobs. I mean, that's got to be a I would say the big winner was HSBC, though, being able to scoop up Silicon Valley Bank for a pound, um, it's, sorry, Silicon Valley Bank UK for a pound. They've got to be one of the biggest winners this week, surely.
2: Well, it depends what you bought with that one. Bound, of course,
1: I, I understand all of that. And, you know, it's a nominal value, uh, um, but you're getting more, in the right direction normally is the case here. But uh, I I would say that for them being able to get those startups on board, it's still worthwhile investment.
0: Well, I think it's funny how we use so many acronyms like HSBC because we had Sam bankman fried who's SBF, and now it's SVB, and, you know. Um, we had FTX, which is the exchange that Sam bankman Freed had. So maybe SVB was the stupidly valued bank, and that's the reason why it's gone under. It's it was just doing some. Actually, it was it was doing what banks do. But the mistake they made, the biggest mistake, is investing in HTMs, which is held till maturity, and um, that's what handcuffed the bank because they couldn't liquidate the held to maturity bonds that they held. When interest rates went up, and that's what caused all of their problems. Someone's trying Ooh. to get a positive score here.
3: Yeah, so Thanks. plus three, still negative two, but we're on. <laughs> definitely both well, still a, wrong so far.
2: And
0: why can't men talk
1: about boobs? I mean, what's the problem? <laughs>
3: no problem other than i'm judging you
1: okay (laughs) another another big winner of the week was um first republic bank i mean they managed to get a 30 billion dollar bailout from a consortium of 11 banks who all were terrified of a uh, a contagion of bank collapses um, so the industry pulled together and decided some of the big players decided to make sure that uh, First Republic Bank in the USA um, was shored up and that it didn't um, it didn't end up in a bank run, which I think is is a bit of positive news. Of course, the um, yeah the shares in um, uh, uh, First Republic Bank still went down 22 percent, um, however, at least there was no run, and they prevented a run. It was a a bit of good done by the banking industry there,
0: well actually, they still have a lot of the public went down a lot quicker than that. Is more like sixty eight percent or something. But it's interesting, Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic Bank were both formed around the same time in yeah. West Coast America. and they both had similar levels of um, assets. um but the biggest difference was the percentage of their uninsured deposits because Silicon Valley Bank, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, the two hundred fifty thousand dollars that's covered by the FDIC is fine if you're a small deposit holder. But um Silicon Valley Bank had 94% of their deposits uninsured because they were large tech startup companies working with the bank. And similarly, First Republic had 68% of deposits uninsured because they were working with very high net worth individuals like Mark Zuckerberg. So you know, that's the real reason why there were issues with those banks. But um, First Republic's stable because they've had that $30 billion investment from the other banks of America. So it's it's been shored up. For me, they were not the big winners this week since they also got themselves into
2: huge debt towards their colleague banks. So I'm referring to something else. Um, and perhaps we should look at the real
0: answer now, isn't it, Marie? I suppose, well, well, if you look at the other view, if you, you know, if you're being looking for a different answer is what actually happened with First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank is that people withdrew their, their money, they took their deposits away. And so you then have to ask, well, where did they put them? And the answer is in the banks that they think are stable. Um, so I did see a headline saying Bank of America, for example, got $15 billion of Silicon Valley banks deposits. In a run from the Silicon Valley Bank, so I'm guessing the winners are those
1: banks that people view are stable yep there were there were also quite a few not as big as Bank of America's wins, but uh, quite a few of the neo banks also picked up deposits. There was another article that said that a number of the neo banks uh picked up fairly substantial deposits. And there were a few cynical views that some of those neo banks were founded, or at least sorry, not founded, they were heavily backed by the VCs that caused the run in some way, shape, or form on Silicon Valley Bank. Um, that some of those uh those VCs behind uh the, the Neo Banks had a vested interest in seeing Silicon Valley Valley Bank fail and the money. Uh, be deposited elsewhere and they were quick to step in go oh when you want to move your money here we've got this neo bank here on the side you can trust it don't worry you know uh, we back it so um yeah
3: bonus question that's not based on news but just wanting your opinion um do you think these deposits will stay at these you know new bank because it feels like maybe they're even in the wrong account but i'm curious what both of you think here
0: well, I mean, when you look at any alternative, um, the question is really what's the uh, compensation scheme if there's a failure on my account? And I, I, and too many people don't ask that question because they just assume that a bank is safe. And a, a bank is only safe if it's licensed with a guarantee insurance scheme. Um, but even the guarantee insurance scheme in FDIC, um, federal deposit, insurance compensation scheme, $20,000, doesn't really cut the mustard if you're losing $25 million. So you know you really have to look at, particularly if you're in Treasury and um, the office of the CFO, as is now a hot term in uh, you know, fintech in the USA, um, you really have to look at what's the right balance between neobanks, traditional banks and other investment schemes to make sure that you're covered
3: i know we're on time past time chris you got plus five minus two i had already doxed you negative a little bit but you redeemed yourself this was a redeemed round so you're at three and andrew i scored you three so tie
2: (laughs) how unfortunate you didn't even take an opportunity out of that andrew
0: that's okay. i will let him just waffle on. <laughs> next question. I've got the next question. I'm, I'm, I'm not going down there again, by the way. I, 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 I'll try and stay polite and British. Oh, I, I promise you. Not British. Right. Don't go British. All right. Next question.
2: <laughs> this week, I read about something should be a symbol for the new era we are living in. Can you guess what I mean? And please think twice. Oh.
1: Being ethical is should be a symbol for the era that we live in. And this is demonstrated by ethical capital partners, the new owners of Pornhub. There we go. Pornhub are seeking out tech focused investment and advisory opportunities in industries that require principled ethical leadership. Hmm. So it was their first investment and Pornhub required. I mean,
2: yeah, that's what I call proper ESG washing. (laughs) Let's call our company ethical and then invest in Pornhub. But it's not what I meant.
1: You can't make (laughs) that up. You just can't make that up. I did think twice.
0: (laughs) I know, but I asked you to. Chris, I, what do you think? I, I, I know. I mean, th- there is a new film on Netflix about Pornhub, but I'm not going to talk about porn because it's disgusting. I'm not going there. And I said I'm. <laughs> I'm going to stay British. Um, I'm going to stay ahead of this. You know, I, I think if you look at the symbol of 2023, it's a vulture because a vulture is picking on the bones of dead companies and dead things like Silicon Valley Bank. So you know, it, it, if it's not a vulture, it has to be a bear. As you know, we're living in a bear market and a bear economy, so it's getting in the right direction there.
3: Yeah, right direction, but still no dice.
1: Oh, no, no, that's, that's you have to go more tough. concrete. That's tough for me, because I was going to say one of the things that I think is a symbol of the era that we're living in is a. Um, uh, 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 things not being real. And uh, at Finnovate this week, we had Chris Skinner on stage telling everybody about the metaverse. That's and, unreal. And, and <laughs> oppos- <laughs> yeah, the opportunities in the metaverse in the future. Um, afterwards, and I, I, I I said the metaverse is dead because Mark Zuckerberg has dropped it. You did say that, however, I had somebody come up to me at the event afterwards, um, who is a fintech in the space, and they see a massive opportunity in Korean K-pop, genuinely billions of dollars in Korean K-pop. Um, there's and there's a a band called Mave, a Korean K-pop outfit, who only exist in the metaverse. They are AI generated avatars that look ridiculously human. So they look like real humans, but they're ai generated avatars, AI uh, written songs and music, and, and everything is virtual. Now, there is not one thing about them that is real. And it's yet, not a black
2: mirror episode.
1: It's not a black mirror episode. It's, it's a real thing. Go and look up Mave, the Korean well, pop in, band. Interesting in I the, see where um,
3: my Friday night's going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, Microsoft backed chat GPT from OpenAI AI, just moved to the fourth generation level. And uh, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's something like 100 trillion um, inputs uh, uh, you know, in real time towards the way it responds. It can now respond with images as well. And we are getting to the stage that um, the sentient Internet is becoming real. I was writing about that, you know, 15 years ago as a, dr- a dream, which is the internet actually becomes something that um, can talk back. And we're pretty much there now. And that's quite incredible because next
2: year I will be speaking at Finnovate because I proposed them to do a Chris Skinner speech at half of the price. <laughs> five, for one, five euros, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Plus travel expenses.
0: <laughs> no
2: i i was thinking of something else
0: well i guess we're looking at the symbol of the year and i said you know turkey it's a vulture or a bear or turkey or something else you know maybe it's to do with the fact that so many of the companies that we talk about excitedly have lost value Uh, so like one of the biggest companies out there um that we were very excited about is stripe and um you know I've been tracking their value through the years, from I think it was 2016 when they were just $9 billion, which, you know, when I say just $9 billion, they rose to $95 billion by 2021. And now they've been valued at $50 billion. Um, They're still successful. They're still viable. They're still doing what they've always done. But, you know, they've halved in value just over a year. And it just shows you how bad the markets are right now.
1: But I also think that part of that um, is is a general unease about the overvaluations that these companies have had. Um, And of course, Stripe, we spoke about a couple of episodes ago, are trying to raise money at the moment, not as operating uh, capital, but in order to meet tax obligations and stock obligations for their staff. Um, which which is a bit concerning if you're an investor, that you'll be putting in money not to grow the business, but to pay legacy tax obligations. Um, so I think maybe there's going to be, hopefully, a lot more due diligence and a lot less hype around. Isn't that these part of problems. growing
2: a business, Andrew? That's which something that I... investors should know that they should be seeing in their due diligence before investing in the company.
1: They should be, but money was cheap for how long? You yeah. know, you had you know one percent interest rates and things like that. So people have been slinging money around, in uh, particularly over the next eighteen to twenty four mm-hmm. months, uh, money is going to be a lot harder to come by. And I think that uh, the due diligence that should have always been there will now come back with mm-hmm. a lot more rigor. Which is why I see we see, I think we're seeing a lot of these companies valuations come down. I might even give Andrew a point there, um, Mary. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> no, I am, giving, I am giving Andrew a point Wait, there. wait, wait.
2: I have what? something to add here. I found another analysis this morning, and that's one that goes uh, much deeper, and it also shows more concerning view on the company. Um, what I read there was that in 2021, their revenues grew at 85%. 2022, that went down to 18 1, 8. Wow. What's more is that in 2021, they made 400 million euro dollars in profits. 2022, it went to 500 million of loss. Because of their headcount, that went from 4,000 to 8,000.
0: Yeah, and no, I think the issue is that um, FinTech's not been through a recessionary environment before. Mm. Uh, equally, a lot of people, and this is very true of Silicon Valley Bank, Believe that interest rates would not be, rise as quickly as they have, and working in a low interest environment for the last decade has given everyone a sense of um false complacency. Which mm-hmm. now they're learning the, their lesson. We'll see a lot more failures because of that.
2: Mm-hmm. True.
3: Yeah, I still, I still can't believe it wouldn't occur to them. I guess when you're on a high, you're on a high. Um, All right, points. Chris, you still won this round because you went first with the right answer, but Andrew, you were very strong here. So Chris, six, Andrew, five. (sighs) Neck and neck.
2: All right, question number three. The world has changed a lot over the past seven days, and yet there was one item that made me sing. I'm not going to sing it myself this time. Uh, I found it on Spotify, and I hope you can properly hear it. Nothing. You're You're going to have have to sing it,
3: Rick. Show my.
2: In heart, like my heart is breaking. My makeup may be flaking, but my smile.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! I didn't In even recognize that song. What am I talking oh,
0: I about? I love it. Um, I want <laughs> I you to I, 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 I know, but Can we stop that show going on, Rick? I mean, really?
2: But that wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. I have. I am <laughs> scheduled to sing it this time, so I didn't prepare. <laughs> That's <laughs> like the, the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone failures. For the know. ones who didn't know what I was singing, show must go on of Queen. <laughs> so what was I talking about? Which event made me think about that song?
1: So I, as opposed to a snarky comment, I have very serious comment and it is very sad news that um The founder of Ann Summers, Jacqueline Gold, died last night at the age of 62. And she was a champion for women in business globally and an astonishing businesswoman. Um, And on behalf of all the ladies in my family who uh, love buying things at Ann Summers, I certainly hope that the show does go on um, without her at the helm. So now normal programming can resume and we can get back to snarky comments.
0: So, what's that got to do with fintech?
1: Well, <laughs> it's got to do with the show must go on. And she was an incredibly successful businesswoman who made lots of money. That's got to do with finance and financial services. Maybe we should go back to talking
0: about silicon implants, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe not.
3: Maybe yeah. you want to have a negative 95 for this game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, I mean, the show must go on. It must be something to do with Credit Suisse because um, you know they've completely messed up their financial accounts and they've got an injection from the Swiss government of $54 billion. Um, their risk controls and financial management are completely flawed as discovered by their auditors, which amazes me that the Swiss government would give them that amount of money. But their show is going on because the Swiss government believes and they believe, obviously, that the show must go on.
2: And for everyone that wants to know more about that, give uh, Chris Skinner's blog of uh, Friday, seventeenth of March, good read.
0: It's really worth your time.
2: Whatever. It's not
0: just my blog of the seventeenth of March. It's my blog every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rick's you know, like
3: only this one. Otherwise, I was just... referring
0: to this topic. <laughs> yeah, but I did a, a deep analysis of Silicon Valley Bank on Monday and. Uh, then I presented that at Finnovate and everyone was saying how good my deep dive was. And I was like, oh, it was good. I'll second that. I'm just a bit nerdy about these things. Cause like,
2: I like yours of credit, suisse even more.
3: Hey, our cornerstone was applauding your, your piece, Chris. So.
0: Oh, great. But I, I just, have which, there. Which, which is. You know, new banks can fail and old banks can fail. So, you know, Credit Suisse were formed in the 1850s and um, Silicon Valley Bank in the 1980s. Um, And then we had Signature Bank, Railza, First Republic. We've got a whole load of bank failures over the last week. Uh, And people think it's another financial crisis. It's not. It's just banks that didn't plan or manage their business properly. Um, and each one has a individual issue which they faced, which they they just handled their business badly
1: yeah. but, but Chris, in all seriousness, I mean, we're talking about some fundamental failures in in process in a lot of these, you know how many scandals has Credit Suisse been subject to over recent history oh, God. I mean just tell me huge. I mean, there's a litany of scandals there. And yet we keep on saying, you know, to the the general public trust in the financial service, trust in the banking system.
0: It's funny because in the blog that uh, Rick referred to about Credit Suisse that I posted, I put that scene in um, from the Wolf of Wall Street, which uh, I love that scene, which is where Leonardo DiCaprio, as um, Jordan, who's the um, you know, blagger, uh, is sitting in the Swiss bank and says, um, how secret are you? And they said, well, as long as it's something that's not coming from Switzerland and break Swiss law, you can do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> it's like, there you go. But in, in terms of your question, in terms of uh, uh, the show must go on, I think that you're referring to uh, the European Central Bank, the head of the Euro- European Central Bank, Lagarde, um, who insists that the shit show must go on, um, I, I, that uh, there's no banking crisis and that banks are much stronger than 2008 and they went and raised the interest rates um, at the ECB by another half a percent in with everything that's going on to me that's just a continuation of the shit show
2: well I understand your opinion but I spoke to a few people in the industry as well and it seems like she's probably right in terms of it is completely different than so many years ago. We learned our lessons. Banks are better capitalized. They're better managing their risks. There are just a few exceptions, outliners. Um, but it shouldn't be symbolizing the entire bank industry, as Chris
1: also explained in his blog. Chris, you're getting a lot of free promotion on this. You're getting what?
3: free promotion. But, but still, no
1: points. It's a yeah, good cause, blog.
3: Because Andrew um, gave the right answer here. So, you know he's going to win this round and he has (laughs) spoiler and answer Andrew seven points Chris four mostly for Rick's you know referencing your blog and your deep dive
0: (laughs) yeah but Andrew referenced Pornhub you
1: should give him minus points for referencing he wasn't
3: like I want to go in there though
1: exactly I wasn't (laughs) at all I was taking the mickey out of them well out of the ethical capital company Next question, my friends. Silicon Valley
2: was the first of its size to collapse since the global financial crisis 15 years ago. It had another scoop as well. Which one?
0: And didn't have to do with Silicon, Chris. uh, No, I'm not going to go there again after uh, 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 feeling that I've insulted Mary. Um, (laughs) But when you say scoop, I'm guessing it's got to be something to do with ice cream as in some sort of scoop of ice cream or an ice cream flavor so i'm guessing it's to do with silicon valley bank becoming uh, a rum and raisin or vanilla or raspberry ripple or maybe it's been integrated into raspberry pi version 600 you know which is the operating system for mobile systems something to do with a scoop of ice cream
3: definitely not but that sounds good even though it's 8:30 a.m. for me well so we're,
1: um the, one of the scoops that they had was they are they the first bank to have been founded over a game of poker because that's part of their founding story the idea came up um while the founders were playing a game of poker and they decided to start the bank <laughs> that, that's a scoop true story well, scoop
0: of this week and we always have to mention him is elon musk thinking about acquiring the bank in the had a <laughs> i read that sent him oh, from yeah. uh Min Lang Tan, who was co-founder and CEO of Razor, saying, I think Twitter should buy Silicon Valley Bank and become a a digital bank. And I must replied, I'm open to the idea, which (laughs) is so
3: horrifying as a thought. Can you imagine that? Oh, yes and no. (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: the other thing that they surely this has got to be a scoop. Um, did they manage to be the first bankers who don't learn anything from history because uh, they scooped Joseph Gentile as their chief administrative officer without thinking, hang on a minute, this guy was the former CFO of Lehman Brothers, and he left a year before Lehman Brothers collapsed. But but they thought that that was a good idea to take him on.
3: What? Point, point one for that. Bonus point. You call that like this Is that the
2: chairman up. of credit? The chairman of Credit Suisse is also called Lehman.
1: Is that yeah, a sign? that's just that's just unfortunate about him having <laughs> the same surname. But for these yeah, guys yeah. to have actually hired the the previous CFO, uh, yeah, that that couldn't have been a good sign. But it was a scoop for them though.
0: It's interesting in that um having mentioned Twitter um, you know the crash of Silicon Valley Bank is probably the first social media bank crash in that it was fueled by Peter Thiel's comments from the founders fund and that led to the, the mass run on the bank and um, it collapsed in just a few days and you know if you go back to 2008, Washington Mutual was one of the biggest headline crashes um, during that financial crisis. And it took them um, several months before they were acquired by JP Morgan. This happened in just a few days. And that's the difference now that everything is connected in real time. And everyone knows what's happening in real time. So if a bank is suspect, it will disappear in a matter of minutes rather than a matter of years.
1: I, I I was following a Twitter thread at the time that was literally live updating um, where a guy had uh, tweeted saying, just come out of Peter Thiel's briefing, um, phoned up my wife, got her to withdraw our personal funds out of Silicon Valley Bank, uh, phoned up our office, got them to clear out their accounts, move everything over. Um, advised everybody in my network I've put this out on Twitter to let you guys know you know it's going down it was mass hysteria
0: yeah I mean it's like I, I read somewhere I can't remember the exact figures it was about 50 billion dollars withdrawn in just two days it was ridiculous
2: it also requires a completely different approach from supervisor and, 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 and government point of view because how do you manage that kind of crisis you can't can possibly um, think that also these people should be always on to follow social media to see what latest buzz is to make sure that you can save the banks that need to be saved because Silicon Valley, the way they were saved, that was exception handling. Normally, the deposit guarantee scheme wasn't sufficient, but they did an extra effort. But how do you deal with that? Those exceptional circumstances, you have certain rules. And then you have deviation from the rules, but you need to decide so quickly these days that yep. it's impossible to do in the way we work today.
0: And that's the critical point, which is so we don't work in overnight or batch. We mm. work in real time, connected globally, 24 by 7. And I, think, I read that somewhere in a blog. Well, I think the different thing, yeah, I, I, I write a lot every single day on like the com. Sorry, did, did, I, did I mention that? Um, <laughs> the difference between Silicon Valley Bank and Washington Mutual is that the news in 2008 was spreading quickly, but now it's actually immediate. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge difference between what we're seeing this week versus 2008.
1: Mm But Chris, honest opinion, do you think that the collapse was preventable had the hysteria not set in? I'm not sure. The
0: problem basically is that the management, as I mentioned earlier, put an awful lot of their deposits and lending into hold to maturity, oh, hold to maturity. Mm. bonds, um, government bonds, and in particular mortgage backed securities. And so actually, that is the similarity between now and 2008, which is they invest in things that were illiquid. They had to hold them for 10 years or more before they could cash them in. And when the deposit f- flood started and, you know, $48 billion um, being withdrawn in a few days, they didn't have this liquid assets to meet that demand. And that's what crashed it. So they would have crashed, I think, anyway.
1: But, but the whole point is, those deposits didn't need to be withdrawn. If people had just calmed down and stepped back and go, is there actually a structural problem with the bank? Is my deposits at risk? But if there the, had been- well, no, no American, Mary can make a comment here, because one specific thing about Silicon
0: Valley Bank is that the Federal Reserve had, a structure that said only the global banks like Bank of America and um, Citi and JP Morgan were subject to Basel III regulation ratios, which is liquid capital ratios and um, net funding stable ratios but domestic banks were not subject to Basel III, and they treated Silicon Valley Bank as a domestic bank, not subject to those ratios, which is why when they got a run on the bank, they didn't have the liquidity or the stable funding, and that's why they failed. I don't know why the Federal Reserve implemented Basel III that way, because in Europe, every bank is treated as subject to Basel III ratios.
2: Well, the fact that they're subject to Basel III or not doesn't make them fail. It just makes it harder to detect how uh, it, high the risk right, makes, it makes it, it hard it makes a reason
0: for a run on the bank to be um, something that will bring down the bank that was the whole point of Basel 3.
2: yeah so it, it measures the risk of going bankrupt for example but what happened here is of course that startups fintech tech companies became a lot more illiquid okay. and they needed put those deposits that, to pay put that to, put that to one side
0: if Silicon Valley Bank had been running under the liquidity capital ratios and net funding stable ratios of Basel three, yeah. I don't think the issue would have been That'd as be. hard hitting as it as it has been. hmm True. Any of you, Mary?
3: Well, uh, my view, well, I don't know, I don't know if I have a strong enough opinion on that particularly, but just back to the social media, I mean, there was so much nonsense going on there. It was like ridiculous. And now like people are afraid of like their, their deposits that are well under $250,000 here in the States. So it's just like, it's been a mess. I think there's a lot of um, idiots (laughs) out there causing extra trouble. So that's all I'll say about that. But um, for this round, Chris, you led eight Andrew six, Rick, we got to crank up the speed for the last two questions.
2: Next question. Talk about social media misbehavior. Um, woke isn't all good, according to some parts in society. What did that part blame woke for this week?
0: That's me, by the way. Chris is Um, the woke expert. Well, I've been listening to a fascinating podcast about woke. Uh, It's on BBC Radio, and um, do you know when when the word woke was first used? No. So according to the podcast, it was in 1938 in a recording by uh, Leadbelly, a blues artist, about the Scottsboro um, Boys. And the song is about nine African-American men who were accused in Alabama of raping two white women back in 1931. It's a really powerful song and finishes with the word stay woke. And Leadbelly says he met with the defendant's lawyers and um, advised them to be a little bit careful when they go through Scotsboro. You best stay woke, keep your eyes open. But that wasn't actually the first use of the word woke. It actually started in 1860 when there was a group of African-Americans, um, young people who created the Wide Awakes Party to support a Republican candidate candidate who was called Abraham Lincoln. Um, And then it got adopted into being woke much more recently because of the cancel culture and generation we have today. So it spread into all aspects of society, but it it originates from the African-American community of America.
1: You're blown away there, Andrew. No, I was was just interested in all that. No, I
2: mean, in terms of points for this
1: quiz.
3: you bring the thunder to this show.
1: (laughs) But um, one of the things that an article that I saw that uh, caught my eye was um, uh, wokeness was blamed for the slump in Netflix subscriptions in 2022. And apparently now Netflix uh, adopting an anti-woke stance has actually ended up with them having increase in numbers. Apparently, there was quite a large backlash over the programming that Netflix had started to put out, uh, particularly one documentary about a a, a a man who was pregnant. I haven't seen that one. Um, and I don't know whether or not it's been removed subsequently from Netflix or, uh, Netflix or something like that. But they've brought back a lot more controversial people who are um, uh, apparently picking up the numbers. So, but I think if we um, in the interests of of moving things on, the, the, the thing that was blamed um, was that the right blamed the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank yes. on wokeness, on them being woke. I mean, what a ridiculous thing. I mean, I, I, I think uh, Mary brought it to our attention, a tweet that said um, 12 white guys could have done it better what the absolute f you um that was just yeah that took me a little bit by surprise that one
0: i did see a comment by a former employee of silicon valley bank saying it didn't have the you know abrasive roll-up attitude of a a bank like goldman sachs on wall street it was much more like a tech company and therefore was much more Laid back and you know, giving. In fact, it's interesting. First Republic's the same in that they they were doing parties and dressing up as you know, Willy Wonka and stuff. Which um, it's not quite what you expect to see of a traditional bank.
2: And what does that have to do with woke?
0: Uh, it's basically just being fun.
1: Yeah, more work. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I I haven't got a problem with the fun part, but it's the problem of. Um, what i took exception to was uh people thinking that because they had actually attempted to be at least a little bit diverse at their management level that that was the cause of their collapse no it wasn't it was lack of skills knowledge and decent processes um that led to their collapse it had nothing to do with uh mm. um them uh, having a diverse set of management for goodness sake
3: Oh, yeah, it was absurd. That comment was in an opinion piece on the Wall Street Journal. And even though it was an opinion piece, that's like, that shouldn't have made the cut. Um, And I would say about bankers, they might not dress up as Willy Wonka or whatever, but they certainly are drinking their butts off sometimes, playing their golf rounds. And I can't think that's much better.
2: (laughs) I got this t-shirt, by the way, from my former employer. I worked at a bank. (laughs) That's oh, so it's a Hercules that's trophy. I got this
0: t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, but you bought that yourself. <laughs> well, no, but it's it's Bankenstein, guys. <laughs>
3: All right, round, round points. Andrew, eight. Oh. Chris, five. Oh. I, close. I gotta like calculate, but I think it's, I think we're pretty close here. Last
2: question. <laughs> Fake it till you make it so a new exponent. What am I talking about?
1: I'm in there the release of chat GPT-4 that uh, um, Chris referenced earlier, along with Microsoft's AI Copilot launch and their integration of AI into everything will allow millions of mediocre people to fake it till they make it now.
2: Like me, doing a Chris Skinner presentation at Finnovate next
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> Along with your
1: AI avatar.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm going slightly off-piste, but um, fake it till you make it. I think I've got to give a round of applause to Jamie Lee Curtis, who got the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in the film Everything Everywhere All At Once this week. I mean, I loved her acceptance speech, and I didn't realize that both her mother and father had been up for Oscars, and they they never won and she finally got an Oscar at the age of 64, which is not being ages, but it's amazing that she's finally got an Oscar. And if you didn't hear the story, by the way, of the other guy in, in Everything Every all, all At Once, and if you haven't seen the film, I, I can thoroughly recommend it, I loved it. Um, but Ke Khoa Kwan, who won Best Actor, uh, he originally was in Vietnam and had to flee from Vietnam when the war was there in the 1970s and ended up in America and he became a child actor, starring in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then the parts dried up and gave up acting. And then when he saw Crazy Rich Asians and the success of that film, decided to try acting again, got hold of an agent, and in just two weeks got the part to lead in Everything Everywhere All At Once, and then won the best actor in the Oscars uh, this week. So nothing to do with FinTech, but I'm just amazed by their stories.
2: Um, I like well in- my thing is related to fintech
3: it's related to fintech but i have to tell you guys andrew is winning by free, three points right now
0: <sighs> yeah but i should get a point for knowing so much about the oscars It's <laughs> <That's laughs>
3: for There's another course,
0: podcast
1: i
3: consideration i did like that movie so we're in alignment there
1: that's for <laughs> oscar uncut <laughs> yes But I mean, faking it till they're making it, there must have been some questions around the recently collapsed Signature Bank, whether or not they were faking it till they're making it, because um, they were facing criminal probes over money laundering, um, which only uh, came to light after they had actually collapsed. It wasn't the cause of their collapse, um, but maybe they had been faking it for a lot longer than people knew. Maybe,
0: but I would say the biggest faker has been Sam Bankman-Fried. Yes, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, who's still under investigation and you know is appearing in court. Um, and according to the bankruptcy filings of FTX, he transferred two billion dollars to his personal accounts just before the end. Um, the whole thing ended, and in between him and his other members of his inner circle, they transferred over three and a three billion dollars into their personal accounts um through payments and loans uh, via alameda research which was the company that was the sister company of ftx so um you know he's definitely been faking it to make it
2: yes mary does that mean that he gets more than three points difference
1: with andrew Should
3: um, do. <laughs> i'm giving chris six
1: Ah, it's just Andrew? because we mentioned everything everywhere. I
3: am giving you four. Oh, oh, no! no!
1: Surely my, my
0: Oscar research and knowledge gives me an extra. Your one.
3: negative, your penalty points made you a <laughs> loser today, Chris.
0: In which case, I'll stop talking about silicon implants, I promise. <laughs> you won't. That's okay. <laughs>
2: Alrighty, we are at the end of our show. Um,
3: Only we <laughs>
2: thank you very much for the valuable insights, a lovely discussion. Uh thank you to our listeners and watchers for joining us. I cannot wait for more international fintech news coming soon. If you like our show, make sure you register on our website for the newsletter to be the first to know about new episodes or register, subscribe. I don't know how they call it at different channels on whatever channel you're on to make sure that you can see the new episodes coming up. If you're a real big fan, have a look on our website for the merchandise and perhaps you can buy yourself a mug for your coffee or a t-shirt of FinTech Uncut, the best conversation starter at any FinTech conference. This was the 16th episode of Fintech Uncut, and we hope to entertain you, your colleagues, your friends, your connections and followers, cats, rabbits, dogs, and more very soon again. That's it for now.
0: Bye-bye.